The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning, everyone. This is Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James on Analyze This. Uh, we're on your NPR station in the Virgin Islands, 93.1 WTJX. Uh, we had some news last night. Uh, yesterday, as if you listened yesterday, we had a, a guest on that spoke about the brown water and the LCR situation on St. Croix. And uh, during the conversation, we spoke about how the there were going to be additional tests. Well, those additional tests are now back, and uh, they the press release by the Joint uh, Command Center, uh, all the government agencies that included DPNR or rather EPA, uh, have come back saying now that the the previous tests are confirmed. Uh, so they were able to replicate the same results uh, with separate t- with, with uh, different different tests, a subsequent t- test. So uh, we have a problem. Uh, so the administration now has issued a press release uh, saying that they're working with their federal partners, our federal partners, to get the president to declare. The, the wording in the consortium story is a national declaration of um, disaster desperate, but the, I think the term national is is a misnomer. I think it, uh, the proper term is federal, uh, with, uh, and that's similar to what was declared in Jackson, Mississippi, and um, and Flint, Michigan, uh, notably uh, over their water issues, and you know, that that allows for the full brunt of the <clears throat> federal government's. Uh, power to come in and and assist um, with more comprehensive uh, technical assistance and and in addition with uh, emergency uh, supplies or or water assistance um, if they need be, which I would say needs to be. (laughs) So uh, hopefully the the president, you know, he has some connections to St. Croix, so I think he'll you know, even though he's quite busy and, you know, this has to go through different channels and um, go up probably through his Homeland Security people and, and stuff by, before it reaches his desk, uh, that we'll make that declaration soon and, and we'll see additional federal resources uh, here on St. Croix uh, or in the Virgin Islands for the water problem. Uh, also, uh, yesterday, uh, Delegate Plaskett, Delegate Stacy Plaskett, uh, had a, a response. She, of course, ex- expressed her deep concerns following the recent water tests, and, and her remarks were before the the, uh, the Joint Center um, announced that they were seeking, you know, federal assistance or, or, or declaration. And she pointed out. And rightfully so that there are that she was able to procure in the budgets in the previous budgets uh, some funding 
for the Virgin Islands to repair the, the water and the wastewater systems here, which we know for a time. This is not new that these systems are, are both broke. Uh, so we've known this. Uh, we, I think now what we've seen on the water side is, um, you know, the manifestation of of of, of the uh, or the consequences of 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 the lack of a better term uh, malfunction of of the piping system, the breakdown of the piping system, the compromise of the the piping system, uh, the two. And we're seeing it now with with these uh, these readings that that the water itself is affected. Uh, so, the the delegate pointed out that another infrastructure and jobs act that forty three billion dollars was um, allotted to the Department of Planning and Natural Resources, and that money is going to be uh, sub granted. DPNR isn't. Uh, DPNR is the receiving of the recipient of the funds, and they will then subgrant it, as they normally do under the Public Water Systems Program, to WAPA and um, Waste Management for their uh, for upgrades to the system. Additionally, there's fifty-two million dollars uh, under the Clean Water Act that was a, a a lot allocated for the upgrade of the waste water system here on St. Well, throughout the Virgin Islands, but uh, I think St. Croix, they seem to have started first. And I, I, I believe that's the work that, uh, oh, the beginning of that work is what we've seen in, in Christiansted uh, with waste management. I think that is the beginning of that work. It is eventually going to go throughout the whole island. It's going to take a while because, you know, we can't just dig up everything at, at one time. So, you know, it's going to wear thin on the patience of, of, of the populace, uh, of course. But, you know, there's no progress without pain. And if we want these problems to be solved, we have to... Um, understand that they come with a cost in terms of convenience. Additionally, uh, there's permission under the American Rescue Funds, Act funds, to to use some of that money, I guess, with, with federal approval, of course, for certain uh, uses that were not in, in the initial um, act. And, and, and we have gotten some stuff reprogrammed already, and uh, this could probably one be one that uh, an area that we could use money. So the delegate has pointed out uh, well over ninety million dollars in in funding that's available. However, we know that those are long term projects, and that um, it really doesn't fix anything absolutely immediately. Uh, the Arrow funds may be able to be used for, uh, like I said, you know, the wheels of government move very slowly. And if you think the Virgin Islands government moves slowly, the federal government moves even slower. So, um, you know, absent the, the entrance of maybe a FEMA, uh, it's 
going to be a little bit of time before we see what we would call immediate relief. Um, WAPA continues to flush, and that that's uh, that has helped. And then, of course, you know, the, at the at the end, it's the people I'm worried about are, are not the people in so much in. Well, I should say I'm worried about all of them, but the. The, the concern to me is greatest in the, the public housings and especially in the public housing for the uh, the elderly and the because you take Wim Gardens and they're on public water and Wim is one of the areas that the, I think originally well, well has always had that brown water issue and you know that to ask the you know a ninety-year-old person to implement a regime of flushing and and all this stuff and you know boiling water and whatever you know we're talking about is is a bit little onerous. Some of these people may not um, be physically able to do it, and some of these people may not be uh, mentally able to do it in terms of uh, if they have um, dementia or, or some sort of uh, condition like that. So uh, short of somebody coming by to help a lot of these people, it, you know, it's, it's really an onerous task. So the provision of, of clean water to these people should be, in my opinion, of utmost priority and we need to make sure that that these people are taken care of and and then the flip side is that you're asking people to flush regularly before they use the 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 you know the water from the spigot and you know it might seem like okay you just you know let it run for two or three minutes or whatever it is there goes two gallons and, you know, every time you do it, there goes two gallons. And meanwhile, these connections are metered. So people are paying for these things. And so the, it begs the question, uh, are they going to be uh, rebated uh, on their WAPA bills for this necessary activity that is not of their making? So... There are issues with that, um, that we, you know, these are some of the issues we have to bring together or, or rather bring people together and figure out how we're going to do this. And we need to do it soon. There needs to be a sense of urgency in this matter because, you know, it is a public health crisis. Um, and, and, and as we've seen in, in other jurisdictions, people have actually been harmed by by such thing now we have no evidence of that here uh and thank god but you know we don't want to become complacent and 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 you know something happens so we really need to be vigilant on that and and make sure that we're doing the right thing there the new tests came back as i said i'm, I'm waiting for I went on to the EPS site yesterday to try to pull down the actual results, and they don't have them up yet. I will continue to check. I'll be here next week, and um, 
hopefully I can present some of those results to to y'all. The 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 EPA, you know, is a, uh, I guess it, well, it has to go through the motions before they reduce the the uh, the results. You know, so as soon as EPA gets that to to the public, we'll be able to get a better understanding to see if those, you know, uh, because I'm interested to see if those numbers went up, if they went down, uh, stayed stable. And like I said, in the last report, there were, it, it wasn't just lead and copper, there were at least three other metals that were heavy metals that were detected. So it'd be interesting to see if, if, we, if we have the duplicate results or identical results, I should say. And on, uh, or how they differ, you know, and that's for the geeks out here <laughs> that would be interested in that. I know the, the public just wants it to be over with and soon. So we'll we'll be staying tuned with that and uh, see how we how we make out on that. And in, in other news, you know, on the national front. Well, let me go back to. There's a the weather service is now saying that we should begin some rain between today and uh, and next Wednesday. And actually, it should be wet through next Friday. They say so. It's sunny and beautiful outside. As I walked into the studio and as I'm looking out the the, the French doors here, and um, absolutely beautiful. The surf's a little up, so. To my my good friend Mike Rogers, I know he's probably out there already on the <laughs> uh, right in the waves, so he probably can't hear me. But you know, surfs up, dude. Uh, so, but it looks beautiful out there, and uh, you know, so enjoy as much of the day as you can while you can, because we're gonna have that intermittent rain and then you know heavy downpours stuff like that. But uh, on the national front, you know, the, the shooting in Lewiston, Maine, 18 people dead. You know, there was a press conference last night with the governor and, you know, other um, officials. And there's a Democratic Senator Golden, uh, uh, or Representative, rather, Golden, that he had a near-perfect NRA rating I guess until last night, because he has reversed all his positions on on, uh, on automatic rifles, and he is now asking for the automatic rifle ban. You know, this is the problem with the politics of that nationally, is that, you know, people, a lot of the people are against these uh, any type of restriction on your, our Second Amend, Amendment right to bear arms, a lot of the people that are, that are totally against any of those, they only hold that position until it personally affects them. I'm trying to be careful how I word my, my, my statement. And, and when it hits at home is when they decide that, oh, all of a sudden this is common sense. But, you know, for years you had a 100% NRA rating. And, and now that, you know, I don't know if he knew any of the people, but 18 of his constituents are dead. And, uh, and another 
dozen or so um, are in the hospitals, some with, with, with serious injuries. And we, I, I wonder, you know, I'm pretty sure of that number there's probably some children because the bowling alley that this guy went to is uh, was having a, a youth night bowling league, a youth bowling league that night. And so, you know, unless he was careful and, you know, this guy was quite methodic and um, he, unless he was careful to not, you know, just single out the adults, I'm pretty sure, or I suspect that there were some children that were also harmed, hopefully not many and hopefully not fatally. But uh, you know, it would stand to reason that, that that they did. But that situation in Lewiston, if that's not a wake up call, I mean, that is the you know the the United States for this year has had five hundred and something mass shootings, and thirteen of them I think resulted in fatalities. But five hundred and some incidences in which more than one person was shot at at the same location. Uh, which I think is a definition for a mass shooting. Uh, that's a very, very, very high number. And I, I, I am a, I, I support the Second Amendment, um, the right to to bear arms responsibly. Um, you know, it, it, this recklessness that's been going on is, is, is you know, it's, a, it's like a complete free-for-all out there. And uh, there, there's ways that people, there are jurisdictions that don't have that problem because they promote responsible gun ownership. And so we need to figure out how we're going to do that. But we'll uh, continue this on the other side and we're going to go ahead and take a break now. Center for the Arts, CMC Arts, invites you to celebrate 20 years at 10 Strand Street, the Blue Building in West. Join us November 4th for our 20 at 10 anniversary fete. Tickets at cmcarts.org slash events. Drink in the sunset with a champagne serenade by Derry and the unforgettable cool sounds of the Eddie Russell Band keeps the evening rolling with delectable catering from Chef George Mailer's Culinary Artistry with the students of the Complex CTCE Hospitality Program and a live auction hosted by the celebrated Willard John. CMC Arts 20 at 10 Anniversary Fete, November 4th. Tickets available with weekend staycation discounts from our Frederickstead Hotel partners. Join us, cmcarts.org events. 
spy in the ocean continues and unlocks more secrets of the deep. These are the most innovative undersea robots in the world. Custom made to resemble the animals they film, these spy creatures capture moments of behavior and emotion like no human can. Tune in November 1st at 8 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. Good morning, and we're back. This is Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James on Analyze This on a Friday morning on 93.1 FM WTJX, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. We're just talking about some news and, and general topics on uh, this first hour. Uh, of course, the public is invited to call in at uh, 340-718-4555 or 340-718-0761 if you'd like to chime in. But until then, I'm going to do a monologue. Uh, <laughs> But the I was talking about um, Lewiston, Maine, and the the mass shooting up there two nights ago. Um, the the young man, uh, Mr. Robert Card, uh, not the usual suspect in in some of these things. He he is uh, supposedly. This is the weird thing. Okay, this guy is an army reservist. He was hospitalized when he was on training in New York at West Point over the summer. He had a mental breakdown. And somehow this guy goes back to Maine, and he's a known firearm instructor and a, um, a member of the Army Reserve. And... I don't know. There, there is a, a law. I forgot the name of the law because a few years ago in Texas, the Air Force actually settled with a family uh, with the Fort Hood shootings because uh, the gentleman that had did the Fort Hood shootings was um, the Air. He was an Air Force prior, and the Air Force knew. That he was actually court-martialed or something and, and kicked out. And uh, they never reported that to the authorities, to, to the local authorities. And um, so the guy was able to get guns and, and go back on Fort Hood and, and kill a bunch of people. Uh, so the... Uh, I'm wondering if this is a situation like that here in Lewiston. Because the... Like I said, um, the... New York, the commissioner, police commissioner in New York um, yesterday, Mr. Caban, uh, reported that the that there was an incident at West Point 
with this individual this past summer. I'm talking two, three months ago. And uh, he was hospitalized with uh, you know, some sort of mental breakdown. And if the police were involved, that means he must have done something criminal or alleged to have done something criminal during the course of this breakdown, or else I don't see why the police commissioner would really have that kind of information. Uh, So it begs the question, why didn't Maine know about it? And why didn't Maine do something about it? Uh, Maine is a traditional... It's a small state in terms of population. I mean, their biggest city is less than 100,000 people. Uh, Portland, Maine, I think, is about 70,000 people or something. And Lewiston is the second biggest, and that's like 50-something, 60,000. So it's, it's, you know, it's pretty rural, if you want to call it that. And... Uh, and, you know, small towns, everybody knows each other, that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of individual freedoms, including uh, with guns. And, and that's why I'm saying that's why their representative. And, and, and also Susan Collins, their senator, she was there uh, <laughs> tap dancing because she, she, she claimed that she supported the original uh, bipartisan um, ban on on. on assault rifles many years ago. But uh, Barbara Feinstein, Feinstein, the late um, Senator Feinstein, had attempted to expand it. She said from 16 weapons to like 120-something weapons and that the the 120-something weapons were based most on how they looked and rather not how they function. And as you watch the press conference, there was a police officer, uh, police official standing behind her, and he was shaking his head in agreement. So my point being that it appears that Maine is one of those states that is um, anathema to gun control. And, and so the, um, you know, you create these situations that makes it easy for these people to do these things, you know, and they do it, you know. Uh, you know the, 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 the police still can't, there's, there's 90 FBI agents alone on the ground in Maine. That's uh, probably more than the police force in, 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 in the city of Lewiston. Uh, there, there's ATF agents, there's... Uh, U.S. Marshals, state police, every local police there is, uh, there's literally like a thousand people probably looking for this guy, and they don't even have a clue. Yesterday, <laughs> they actually went to his house, which was empty, and uh, surrounded it, and I think they fired some, uh, some somebody said they heard the sound of canisters going off, which would be tear grass canisters and nothing the guy was not there they had bullhorns and you know it's like it's it's beginning to look a little bit cartoonish uh but i know that they're working really hard but like i said when you create a situation 
what makes it easy for people to function in this way, then when you do have to step in, it, it, it becomes very difficult. Uh, they're, they're going through Bush now. You know, God knows where this guy is uh, you know, at this point. I mean, they, you would think that he wouldn't have gotten too far. Um, I don't know. He could be hiding in plain sight. Uh, for all we know, uh, you know, but the the situation there is, is critical, and and we just hope there aren't any copycat, uh, you know, any copycat uh, knuckleheads out there trying to do the same thing. Back on the local front, the VI Slice program, you know, they've been catching hell for lack of a better term. Um, the now there's a contractor concerns and uh, home housing finance authority home repair delays on the spotlight yet again uh, on Tuesday the Senate Committee on Housing Transportation and Telecommunications uh, met and they spoke about the challenges facing the VI Slice program. Uh, you know, some they said it was more than a sluggish uh, uh, start. There, there's some uh, questions as to whether it could move at a faster pace, uh, and then there's also the questions of the Housing Finance Authority and their six or five year program so far. In you know, well, it, to be honest. They've, they've been different programs, but for the past four or five years, they've been with these uh, repairs for the hurricane. And, um, you know, there, there's this concern. There's a lot of new people, uh, a, a lot of new uh, concerns because of the delays. There's a lot of people that still in the process, you know, this ongoing or whether it's the approval process the inspection process whatever but they just can't seem to get to the construction process yet and and and, and that's where everyone needs to be you know um like i said i understand um you know they can't just go out and spend these federal funds willy-nilly like that and and their their controls that's built in but at the same time i mean you know, if if somebody's waiting for a roof for six years, I mean, do you really think they're waiting for a roof for six years? I mean, I'm pretty sure some of these people just somehow did some temporary thing, and and it's not the code, and 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 that's a question because these things need to be done to code, and you know, so you can't just say, well, you know, the guy threw up some blue tarp or or whatever, and so he'll be good until we can get to him. No, we need to get to him ASAP. Uh, so there, there's... Um, there, and, and then the, the questions of supplies of workers. I know the governor has spoken about that numerous times. And we... Uh, it's a small territory. There's a lot of work that's out there. A lot of people have left the territory. 
a lot of people don't want to do construction. I, I, I get it. I know all the answers. I know all the reasons. Uh, but I tell you what, for a long time now, we've been important workers from Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't know if that's still a, a viable pipeline. I know it's not the best thing to import people, but we, you know, that's our we're probably our our only hope right now uh, because the, even though there's been some talk about trying to get an immigration program, good luck with that because uh, you see what's happening on the southern border and there's a lot of people in Congress that's not about to 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 uh, do any temporary worker program, whether up there or whether in the Virgin Islands. You know, so we need to see um, how we can recruit people from somewhere, uh, and, 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 and see what's going on. We have a caller. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Talk to good, me. Good, good. I'm well. Uh, I had a occasion to live in the state of Maine in 1964. How many years ago is that? 60? Uh, 59 like years. Yeah, that's about 60 years ago. Well, 59. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, what, I was on a, a Navy base up there that was uh, doing the transmitters for NATO air traffic. Mm-hmm. North Atlantic Treaty Organization, all the airplanes mm-hmm. that were going back and forth. Right, in the North in Atlantic. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so they had a big... Uh, transmitter station mm-hmm. outside of uh, well okay there's uh, Portland Maine 40 miles north of Portland is where they're saying Lewiston is on one angle if you go a little to the west you get to uh, Brunswick Maine where mm-hmm. the home of Bowdoin College is mm-hmm. also also the home of Harriet Beecher Stowe mm-hmm. yes and they had come in her uh, basement, they had a nice little rascaler, they call it, a little bar down in the mm-hmm. basement. And there's a brother named Benji from Barbados uh, that used to sing Harry Belafonte and uh, Caribbean songs. Interesting. A very pleasant, idyllic place. Wow. Okay, so, and uh, the base I was on, 10 miles outside of town, one of my uh, compatriots, uh, was a local uh, young man. He, we were in the Navy. And mm-hmm. uh, he invited me home with him one weekend. And it wasn't 10 miles away, and it was in the woods. And it was flat. And there was barely any grass but lots of trees, trees maybe 10, 15 feet apart or closer. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in the kitchen having a beer. He said, hold it, in the noontime. He said, I don't remember what time of year it was because I was up there for a whole year. Uh-huh. He said, uh, hold on a minute. He got up, went in the corner, picked up his rifle, opened his back door, and shot a deer. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. He said, I'll take care of it later. Uh-huh. So, so, so you, so, so you lived in that area, and um, so, so you, you're giving us a nice, um, you know, idea of what the the the, the social thing is there. Uh, yeah. We got Senator Coles is going to be coming on um, in a few minutes. 
so I don't want him to to leave. So I want to okay. let him know that I know he's he's waiting to come on. Uh, but okay. but but Lewiston. You can cut me anytime. You have. No, no, I was going to ask you a question, but uh-huh. but but Lewiston. Uh, so so like you just mentioned the deer uh, thing. Has there you, 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 what you're confirming is what I said that it seems to be an atmosphere where um, guns are not a big deal in no, terms of no restricting. No, uh, uh-uh. everybody got. If you live in the woods and you don't have a gun, that's, <laughs> that's true. You. That's true. That's yeah. you. Like you that's said, the guy looked out his back door and shot a deer. But that, that yeah. yeah, that says it in a nutshell. But you know, God yeah. bless those people up there and, and, and stuff like that. I don't want. Yeah, well, um, you know, it was like he was out there by himself. I didn't see another house around. Mm-hmm. You know, right. didn't see another house. It's very sparsely populated. Right. Like that there was no grass, but lots of trees. I don't mm-hmm. remember the time of year. But it seemed commonplace to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there are places like in western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent two years there below Pittsburgh with mm-hmm. my grandparents. Where I've been out there, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Washington, PA, the home of Washington mm-hmm. and Jefferson, home yeah. of Jessup Steele, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And uh, my uncle okay. would go out in the morning and yeah. come back in the evening with a deer slung over right. his shoulder, out of hunting season. Right. Now, but, but you thank go you. To Canil Bay. You go to Canil Bay, uh-huh. you see a dozen deer roaming around. Right. Here. Same here on St. Croix. Thanks yeah. for uh-huh. thanks for those stories. We got to go to break. And uh, but uh, thank you for putting that Lewiston in perspective for us. We'll oh, be back yeah. with with Senator Ducks Cole after this okay. message. Oh, Ducks. Hey, Donald. What's happening? Okay. Take care. <laughs> Peace. Senator Cole. Good morning, morning, sir. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on. Do a little bush tea. Um, I think we're going to have to take a break in a minute, but then we're going to still come back uh, with you in the the last segment. Um, We I wanted to see where your thoughts were on um, the crisis, the water crisis on Saint Croix. And let me ask you this: How come Saint Thomas doesn't have that issue? Well, St. Thomas at one point in time had we had a brown okay. hold that brown thought water issue. hold yes, that we thought had a brown water issue but the contamination mm-hmm. I, right. I don't hold remember that. having contamination hold that thought and then we go for, pick it up when we come back Museum Center for the Arts, CMC Arts, invites you to celebrate 20 years at 10 Strand Street, the Blue Building in West. Join us November 4th for our 20 at 10 anniversary fete. Tickets at cmcarts.org slash events. Drink in the sunset with a champagne serenade by Derry and the unforgettable cool sounds of the Eddie Russell Band keeps the evening rolling with delectable catering from Chef George Mailer's culinary artistry with the students of the complex CTCE hospitality program and a live auction hosted by the celebrated Willard John. CMC Arts 20 at 10 Anniversary Fete, November 4th. 
tickets available with weekend staycation discounts from our Frederickstead Hotel partners. Join us, cmcarts.org slash events. The Caribbean Green Technology Center and the VI Energy Office, in partnership with the Worldwide Universities Network, are hosting the second annual VI Energy Fair. There will be live demonstrations, interactive exhibits on energy and sustainability, and community leaders on site to discuss the territory's efforts to reduce energy costs. The fair takes place at the UVI Sports and Fitness Center on St. Thomas on October 28th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information, visit cgtc-usvi.org. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back. Good morning, everyone. Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James on Analyze This on 93.1 NPR station in the Virgin Islands, WTJX. And we have with us this morning the handler from St. Thomas, <laughs> the former majority leader of the Virgin Islands legislature, Senator Donald Ducks Cole. So, so, Senator Cole, you were just telling me about the, um, y'all had brown water over there too, right? Yeah, we had uh, brown water, and good morning again to the listening audience. Uh, uh, we had a brown water situation over here where the pipes were rusted. And, and basically, I think the same thing happened in St. Croix, yes. where mm-hmm. the, the, the rust and the iron from the pipe, mm-hmm. like iron oxide that gives the water that brown, mm-hmm. that brown color. And, uh, you know, you couldn't use the water for... Or anything, right. even flushing it, it messes up the inside of the, the tank and all of that. True. Mm-hmm. So Wapa had determined that what they were going to do, and I was at the PSD at this particular. Which point. is why I asked you the cobard. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and they were going to take a sleeve, right? They were going to put sleeves inside the old hmm. copper pipe because these pipes been mm-hmm. in existence. Before maybe before I was born or you were born, I don't know. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> and that was what they going to they did. I was down in the place that it was happening was down down by Alamala School. Mm-hmm. That main pipe that came up there was really rusted away, and they dug it up. And I think they were going to put some sleeve inside of that uh, plastic or mm-hmm. that hard plastic sleeve inside. The same mm-hmm. thing was happening on St. Croix. Now, I know that the the federal WAPA got a lot of money from the federal government mm-hmm. to deal with that situation in St. Croix. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are in terms of putting that, that those new pipes in. Mm-hmm. But, Dwayne, one of the questions that I have, and I asked the other day when uh, when we were on, uh, when Neville was here, I think it was mm-hmm. Monday, and Mr. I think it was Mr. Jen Obain, 
goes on. Yeah, right from EPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the question I had was where was the con- where is the contamination taking place? Mm-hmm. Right, and the testing is showing contamination, and where are they testing? Mm-hmm. Because I know WAPA is supposed to test that water basically every day. Right. But when they, I think when they test the water at the plant, uh, when, where it comes from, mm-hmm. it's testing good. But once yes. it gets out into the distribution system, mm-hmm. the, one of the things that I know, and I'm, you know, is that, you know, the meter system, the meter that is hooked up to the, the pipes? Right. The old meter, um, they, they, they got the, the, the iron yes. cover. The guys will come by and pull over off the cover and then uh, right. read the meter, yeah. So the connection between the meter mm. and the pipe is, I think, is lead. Mm. If, you look at those, if you look at those meters, right? Mm-hmm. Because we had to go out many a times at the PSC to, to check where your people had all these high reading of water. Right. And when the water leaves, Whopper system, then it goes through the meter and then goes into your system. Right. And anything on the side outside of the meter was mm-hmm. Whopper's problem. Right. But once it goes through the meter and comes mm-hmm. over on the other side, now that becomes the, the ratepayer's problem. Right. What, what I rec- recognize that many a times when I went out, and I'm no environmental, environmental scientist, mm-hmm. you know, but the connection, a lot of times, leaking was taking place mm. where the the, the, the the meter connects to the to the pipe, right, to the, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to the pipe, right. And if you check the meter, is metal. It's not. It's not plastic. So it's that's correct. Into metal. So that yeah. point in time, and that's mm-hmm. why I asked the question: Where is that contamination taken? Because if it's Going through that, that meter and then connect in, that area, I believe, is where a lot of major concern is. Like I said, I'm not here telling you that I'm no environmentalist. Right. But you have the metal pipe, which is the, the copper, uh, the, 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 the steel pipe that gives it the brown water. Right. But then you go from lead. That doesn't produce lead. You That's correct. No, <laughs> I believe, and again... I would want to hear what these guys are saying, mm-hmm. uh, where the source of the contamination is taking place. The uh, meter is, is is a metal meter, Mister. Yes, uh, doing. And I think I think you I think you are on point here, you know, because when I read the EPA report, one of the things they were say they were suspecting these um, heavy metals were coming from joints, connectors, yes. you know, yes. and yes. and they, they specifically said. That a lot of them are soldered. Yes. And what do you use for solder? Yeah, absolutely. It's a guy. It's a guy. Quicksilver. There you go. Quicksilver and lead yes. <laughs> and mercury. You know, and um, yeah. the you know. So it, I think you're right. I think you're on path. I'm not, you know, a scientist. See, I'm a social scientist, but not a physical scientist. But I, I work at the EPA now for five years at. And um, I always used to go down by the inspector. I remember my, um, my, my director would be like, why are you going out in the field? I said, because I want to see what these guys do, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, they're not going to just bring me a document saying, you know, I want to uh, do an um, administrative order and uh, this person without me knowing really what they're talking about, you know? Right. 
So I would always go out in the field. I went to training with them, all kinds of stuff. So I, I got a better than average knowledge, I think, of, of, of some of these issues. And, and, and so, and, and which leads me to suspect the same thing that you're suspecting. Yeah, because like I said, when we do, when we did inspection of the PSD, I went out with the with the officers, and we used to have WAPA people there with us. And when you look at the joint, and you're absolutely correct, there's a soldering that that connects that meter mm-hmm. to the pipe. Yeah. To, 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 to the to the to the pipe. Yeah, the system. Yeah. It, the, mm-hmm. That point in time where you could have some leachate mm-hmm. over a period of time yes. into the, the water as it comes out. And then don't... The thing about, the thing about it is, mm-hmm. I've heard Wapa say that you need to flush and flush and flush, but once <laughs> it's in the system, you can't flush it out. But, but, but here's the other thing. Who's paying for that? You know you're still getting billed. Absolutely. That's, that's another question. <laughs> I believe, again, coming from the legislative process and legislative part of government, that's an that's an inquisition into the into WAPA as to how they're going to deal with that, and then I think the PSD also has has a role in it in terms of who is paying for all that water that is flushing because once that water mm-hmm. goes to the meter, it's measuring. Yes, yes, it's measuring. It is billing somebody. Flushing and flushing <laughs> and flushing and flushing, and I'm flushing uh, hundred gallons of water. Mm-hmm. You know, just just to make an, a number. Who is paying for that? Am I being compensated for that? So that's another investigatory uh, mm-hmm. concern that I believe ratepayers are going to have going to the PSC and say, listen, my, I can't drink my water, and my water bill is X amount from last mm-hmm. month. That is, and, and, and now how do you do, do you deal with that issue? So that's an issue that I believe the legislature needs to take up, and I'm sure uh, once the Public Services Commission meets and ratepayers start making these these complaints, mm-hmm. something has to be done. Yes, and I, met, I mentioned that in my monologue earlier. I was saying, you know, you can't expect people to live in public housing or in elderly housing and stuff to, to really pick up that, that, that tab. There has to be some sort of rebate, but you know, they're not going <laughs> to... No utility, you, you regulated utilities, you know, no u- utilities going to volunteer a rebate program. They're going to have to be told. So, Absolutely. like you said, that's uh, where the PSC comes in. That's exactly where the PSC comes in. And like I said, it happens with customers who are coming in. As you say, that the utility ain't going to jump up and say, well, hey, we're going to rebate you this. Right. They have to uh, respond the to the customer the complaint. Commission set the rates mm-hmm. uh, for water. So, like I said, there have to be some investigation. There have to be a meeting. WAPA has to be called in. Mm-hmm. On behalf of the ratepayers and the regulatory process has to go go through. Right. So, and all you really need is one person to to go down there and file a complaint. Absolutely, just just one. All you need is one. But like I said, knowing the PSC, I'm sure uh, individuals are calling and are making complaints about about the water, mm-hmm. and uh, then that would that would prompt the the, the, the commission to. Call Wapa in, right? As a matter of fact, at this point in time, I don't, you, I don't believe you need to wait for a complaint because it's in the public eye. Uh, I, I was just going to say that it's already in the public it, domain. So that, should be, mm-hmm. that should be an issue on the and on, on the public services commission next meeting agenda. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how you say that. The next meeting, 
And if if that and that's if if they don't have one, that's if they have one scheduled soon. Uh, yeah. But, but if they don't have one scheduled soon, I think they need to probably do a, a, a special session or emergency session, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, yeah, because have, because we're talking yeah, about a federal declaration, um, emergency declaration. No, so yeah. Yeah, and so the PSD comes in in terms of setting the rate and how you're going to deal with that issue. Right, right. You know, the money part. Out, right, you know, how much right. It, it doesn't. It so. doesn't regulate the technical side, but no. but but like we're saying, there's also an economic consequence to this. Yes, the rate payers, the people that's that's um, that's paying for potable water. Um, you can't expect them to do three to five minute flushing fifty times a day. And, 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 you know, like I said, I don't know how much that, you know, with the rate, it's all based on water pressure and all that kind of stuff. But let's say two to three minutes is, is a gallon, gallon and a half. You know, yeah. you, do, you do that. You, you get a house full of eight kids and, you know, you do the math. It's, it's, it's very expensive. Like I say, once the water goes to the meter, you're being charged. Yep. Whether you're flushing or whether not, a lot of times we used to find that. That, that the water would go to the meter, but at that joint right there where it, where it joins, mm-hmm. it starts leaking. So that becomes the responsibility of the repair. Right. It's already gone to the meter. Right. So what, you know, that, that situation needs to be looked at. Absolutely has to be looked at. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but we, we really, um, like I said, the, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, you know, I don't believe our government really has, you know, so it's, it's a question where this money going to come from. Um, if there's a, I don't know if there's a disaster, um, if, if the federal government, um, does a disaster de- declaration or emergency declaration, um, how, you know, that would bring in FEMA, I think would be the quickest, like in Flint and, and, um, and, um, and Jackson, Mississippi, I think FEMA was the quickest to go in, but remember this too, we're in a bad way, you know, because what happened in the Congress the other day, the uh, when they were supposed to do the continuing resolution, it was because FEMA needed six billion dollars. Absolutely, FEMA FEMA has been hit with a, a, a lot of a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if FEMA. This is this is a new thing now. So the question it begs is, you know, is FEMA going to be able to provide that assistance immediately? You know, I don't know. Well, like, like I said, that is, that is really an issue. That's a WAPA issue. That's the mm-hmm. executive branch issue that they have to look at it. And then the EPA, after this testing is done, and found and they find the source of contamination, mm-hmm. and it is leaching into the system, mm-hmm. that's that's throughout the territory. I mean, throughout the territory, and, and basically St. Croix at this point in time. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if... System-wide. Yeah, over in St. Croix, if you have a lot of water trucks like we have over here in St. Thomas, yeah, we do, we do a lot of a lot of guys up too. There's a lot of okay. water companies here. So so then again, you can have a, a where you're taking water from the system mm-hmm. and then you're putting it in the system, right? And then your system now becomes contaminated. That's another issue that has to be exactly. Right? Yeah, and, and that that actually happened in um in in Flint initially um, with yeah. a lot of things. They they pumped contaminated water into people's. Uh, they they get they, they don't have systems really up there, but a lot of people went and got the, you know those port the um those big plastic tanks 
and then you could, yeah, yeah. And, and then filled it with contaminated water. So then they had to dump that and and yeah. and, 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 and get it actually a new thing because then the the the, the, the tank is contaminated. So you know. So so that that that's definitely an issue for WAPA, the executive branch, the legislature, and the regulatory authority, the Public Services Commission that said that. So that has to happen in order to bring some relief. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to bring some relief to the ratepayers of St. Croix? Yes. I, I know the Department of Health also is a part of that. I know you used to be at the Department of Health where they now have to regulate stuff. Right. And, um, and the health and safety of, of you, the consuming of this water. Yes. And, and you know, the commissioner, she's been um, covering, uh, watching that very closely. As a matter of fact, she's been, um, you know, she could talk for herself, but I, I do know that the commissioner, Kenneth Young, has been working with CDC in case they need them. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and, you know, she hasn't declared a health emergency yet, but if that would help the situation, that would, you know, you know, we could, you know, if it helps the federal government get to that, we, we could do that too, you know? So, um, like I said, it, you know, everybody has a role to play. I know she's on the, the joint command and, and uh-huh. along with several other people. And so we're going to get that, um, uh, hopefully they, they, they get that together. And, but Senator Coase, I want to thank you very much for coming on and giving that uh, little thing from the rec- regulatory point of view. And uh, Monday we're gonna do a um, talk, um, talk of the tongue in the second hour. Not a problem. Man. Okay, thank enjoy you your weekend, Senator. Okay. Excellent, excellent job. Thank you. Okay, take care. All right, blessing. Okay, bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. The Caribbean Museum Center for the Arts, CMC Arts, invites you to celebrate 20 years at 10 Strand Street, the Blue Building in West. Join us November 4th for our 20 at 10 anniversary fete tickets at cmcarts.org slash events. Drink in the sunset with a champagne serenade by Derry and the unforgettable cool sounds of the Eddie Russell Band keeps the evening rolling with delectable catering from Chef George Mailer's culinary artistry with the students of the complex CTCE hospitality program and a live auction hosted by the celebrated Willard John. CMC Arts 20 at 10 anniversary fete November 4th Tickets available with weekend staycation discounts from our Frederickstead Hotel partners. Join us, cmcarts.org events.